Good evening. As many of you may know by now, by the time you're listening to this broadcast, an American pioneer of American talk radio has died. Rush Limbaugh died Wednesday morning as his wife announced it on his show. He was not only an inspiration to us here, but he was an inspiration to all Americans that listened to him, young and old. So today we thought we'd take this hour just to dedicate his life to us. Joining me today we have Maria Buenano, is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Maria Buono from Young Americans Against Socialism. She'll be here all day to talk about Russia's impact. And we thought for you, we'd like you to t- like take this hour to dedicate this show to Rush Limbaugh. So, Rush Hudson Limbaugh III was born in Cape Girardeau, Missouri in 1951. He worked his first radio job at the age of 16 at a radio station called KGMO in his hometown. He sparked a passion and love for something that he would end up doing his whole life. Rush actually dropped out of Southwest, Southeast, excuse me, Missouri State University in his second semester to pursue a career in radio full-time. He was jumping around from station to station. He was even working for the Kansas City Royals at a time just scouting for them. TAC Broadcasting even told him that he wouldn't have a successful career as a radio host, and boy were they wrong about that. After a brief, brief stint working as a director promoting for the Royals, in 1988 he was offered the opportunity of a lifetime. He started his own show, which would later be known as the Rush Limbaugh Show, on WABC in New York, and things would never be the same. And if it wasn't for the Fairness Act, if Reagan never got rid of that, Rush Limbaugh would never be a thing. You'd never see Newsmax or Fox News, anything like that. So, Maria, I wanted to get to you. Just what impact did Rush have on your life, personally? Well, I'm a Rush baby. I, I grew up listening to Rush in the backseat of my mom's car on the way to school every day. Um, I, we had a long drive to school and, um, we listened to him and we listened to other talk radio hosts that really, uh, gained traction because of the impact that Rush had on the radio industry and on just, um, on politics. I mean, he really started, started a whole movement with his show and, um, the way he would talk and open up his 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 show and say that he was you know uh, on call from god and i just thought that was just everything was just really funny and it was both it's hard to find shows that are both educational and funny um and i really felt like i learned a lot from him and grew as a person through listening to his content right and as you know there's like other prominent conservatives before rush limbaugh like before then, before the Fairness Doctrine was even in place, there was like William F. Buckley and Milton Friedman were on hardcore left-wing mm-hmm. monopolies, just hosting shows once a week. And Rush pretty much paved the way for people like Sean Hannity, Mark Levin, Glenn Beck, you name mm-hmm. it, just to start their own radio shows. Like, mm-hmm. th- this podcast and a bunch of other shows would not exist without Rush Limbaugh. Cause yes, mm-hmm. I completely agree. Because back then, my my dad was actually the one who got me interested in Rush. Like, before high school, I wasn't really political. Well, I did have political views. I just kept it in myself. I was more of, like, a common sense person, you know? But, like, there was, like, only two shows my dad would listen to. I, he'd, I'd be driving to school with him one day. He'd have either Rush Limbaugh or the Bob and Tom show on. And every day he would just, like, all right, I want to hear what Rush's take on this is because... Almost everyone I know has a story about Rush, or they at least want to know what Rush thinks about all this stuff that's going on in the world today. Mm-hmm. And since his passing, I think this will be left a huge void in the conservative movement. 
Well, yes, and it's also been very overwhelmingly negative on on both sides of the spectrum, the political spectrum, about his death as well. Well, I'm sure Rush would have expected it once he died, because, like, let's be honest, if, it, if God forbid, this would have happened to Ben Shapiro, Sean Hannity or stuff, they'd say all this kind of nasty stuff and say this is how he lived his life. He was a hateful, racist bigot. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's the trend now. I just, I really believe that that rush was a little bit ab above a lot of that because of the way he handled those types of situations it was so inspiring to see how he handled it especially since he was told over and over that he wouldn't make it in radio so he already kind of i guess had the fire had the ball rolling and it was really inspiring to me as a person and as a as right. somebody who's uh i guess not aligning with mainstream political ideologies yeah, you know, he wasn't also afraid to take on the establishment. Like, he did things his own way, and he succeeded from it. He had, at the, the time before his death, the most listened to radio show in America, and the left hated it. Like, Oh, yeah. Oh, they yeah, they hate really hated it. <laughs> they, they just hate dissending opinions from people. And Rush, he, like, he never let it discredit him for what they said about him. He just moved on with his day, and... He ended up making a big success from it. Yep, yep. And I, I remember this one story that I heard him tell on the radio once that he said that when he took a speech class, I don't remember if it was during high school or college, but he took a speech class where they the teacher was requiring everyone to write an outline before they could write a speech. And that was the part he was struggling the most with because... You know, education is kind of, they kind of try to make it a one-size-fits-all, and it's not really made for a lot of creative minds like Rush. So he said that he could write, he could give a speech off the top of his head and have it be better than anything that he could have written and prepared beforehand. But the, the professor didn't want him to do that, so what he did is he followed the instructions and submitted the paper and then realized that that just wasn't for him. And that was when he he got out of university. So it was at a university level. Yeah, you know, because, like, I had counselors in high school say, you won't succeed in life if you don't go to college. Rush literally is the definition of the American dream. He dropped out of school. He made tons and tons of money doing something that he loves doing. Mm -hmm. And he ended up changing a whole bunch of lives from it. Yep, and he's good at what he does, too. He was a mentor for a bunch of conservatives that you hear like when i was listening to other shows today like especially mark levin he was good friends with him like he had every day before his show mark would just think hey what what did rush think on this and rush actually from stories i've heard he actually studied on a whole bunch of issues he studied the constitution so much he studied everything it might have sounded like he was taking stuff out of proportion but he was a very smart man at what he was doing Oh, yes, he was very intelligent. Anyone who could speak like that, off the cuff like that, is really intelligent. And he was very witty as well. I've, 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 hundreds of millions of people had to have uh, found his show remarkable. Because right. he, he really was just sensational in, in that industry. And, yeah, I, I agree with um, how he has impacted conservatives today, like Mark Levin and Glenn Beck. And even Howie Carr. 
I, I grew up listening to Howie Carr because I grew up in New England. Right. So he's another one that um, I think probably took a few uh, lessons from Rush. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, you know, also, I, uh, I had one of the greatest honors in my life actually getting to see him speak. So Oh, really? Yeah, when Turning Point USA did their Student Action Summit, I was actually on my way to West Palm Beach for that. I saw their Instagram feed before they announced President Trump was going to speak there. And then they had an announcement that said Rush Limbaugh was going to introduce the President of the United States. And when he came out that hall, I mean, the room just went nuts. And afterwards, too, there was a line. He was shaking hands with people. I... I didn't know at the time he was deaf. I talked to him. He was surprisingly a really shy person, but, like, he he pretty much lived two different lives. Like, yeah, he'd be political when he's on air, but when you meet him in person, he was just, just your simple, retired old man. Well, I mean, I feel like all, all uh, I guess, bigger name political commentators and just, I guess, influencers in general... We have, we have a tendency to put them on some pedestal when they really are just people as well. Right. You know, like, I so he his speech, we actually have audio from his speech, and just for the record, this does not align with Turning Point's values, but everyone in the room just had to learn a few things from Rush. Like, he talks about 94 budget bill, about how climate change played a role in that, and I actually didn't know this stuff, and I could tell from listening to that he did a whole bunch of research on this. Here it is. Thank you all. Thank you all very much. What a great event to be at. This is incredible. And I have to tell you, I just learned backstage that there are an incredible number, like a thousand high school students here. Oh, man. I'll tell you, I have been dying to talk to high school students about so much about what's happening. I just want to tell you, I don't have time tonight, but I just want to tell you, climate change is a hoax. Please don't believe it. Whatever you do, I beg of you. Let me give you an example of how it is a hoax. Many of you weren't alive. The 1995 budget bill. During that time, the Republicans were being accused of starving children because of budget cuts in the school lunch program. There weren't any cuts. There were reductions in the rate of growth. The Democrats had a bunch of 12-year-olds, junior high school students, writing letters to Republicans in Congress. Please, I can't learn when I'm starving. Please, I can't learn when I'm hungry. And the media is covering it as though it's legitimate. And it was, a, it was as big a hoax as the whole climate change. Climate change contains every issue the left wants in their bid to transform this country. So please, I know it's susceptible, they're scaring you, they're making you think the planet's not going to support life in 20 years. It's bunk, folks. It's just bunk. Now, a couple weeks ago, I'm out playing golf, and I'm a very powerful, influential member of the media, I'm very recognizable. Guy comes up to me and says, you, uh, you, you talk to the president a lot, right? I said, yeah, he calls now and then. Well, you tell him he's got to stop tweeting. You tell him he's got to start acting more. I said, well, why don't you tell him? And I said, well, the guy says he never calls me. I said, well, there you go. Folks, 
Then he said, then he said, it's getting so hard to defend the president. I said, what? Hard to defend the president? It's one of the easiest things in the world to do. President Trump does not need to be defended. The people that need to be defending themselves are the people attacking him and the people attacking us. He doesn't need to be defended. How do you defend Donald Trump? You attack the people who are attempting to destroy him. They're trying to destroy you. They're trying to destroy, they're trying to transform this country into something that it was not founded to be. That's how you do it. I, I find that it's so incredible that people think, oh my gosh, it's hard. It's so hard. To, it is not hard to, folks, we're not in a standard political environment where the Democrats win and then the Republicans win. We share power, we trade power. We are in a war. We are in a war for the kind of country America is going to be. There's always going to be an America. But the war being waged now is aimed at overturning, overthrowing the principles of our founding. Mm. That is what the left is attempting to do. And look at how they say that the president needs to be defended. People need to be defending themselves are those who have run this absolutely bogus coup claiming Russia meddling between the president and Russia during the campaign. They are the ones who have engaged in meddling. It was Hillary Clinton who engaged in meddling with the Russians in the dossier. The president doesn't need to be defended. The okay, I think we'll just stop, leave it right there for now. But yeah, you know, he like, he was one of the biggest mainstream conservatives who gave good talking points on how to fight the culture war. And I think that's something we can all do just to carry his torch fighting this. Yeah. Yeah, I know that uh, his words will always hold some type of place in my heart, along with I, his books as well. Yeah, he wrote like seven books, I think. I got like two of them here, I think. Well, they're children's books, but I still read them when I was younger. They're still great stories. <laughs> yes, they are. And like, you know, the media is going to say like, oh, he's a racist because he called feminists feminazis or like he was going against climate change activists or something like that just because he thinks it was a hoax or something like that and like they don't they just like refuse to cover like the humanity human side of rush limbaugh sometimes like i heard a story when i was listening to uh ben shapiro that sometimes when he go out he give like five ten thousand dollar tips to people and he was also a very charitable person too mm-hmm mm-hmm yep but uh, it, it, the showing his side his humanity it kind of goes against the narrative and it's not a mystery that the mainstream media has been bought out I and mean, he R rush was very open about talking about that as well sure and i mean like so, like i don't know how they label his whole life by judging what he said when he speaks for like three hours a day for like 30 years to like 15 minutes from one time that he's apologized for i think a few times about like about the uh, Michael J. Fox stuff saying he's over-exaggerating Parkinson's or something like that. That was completely taken out of context. Well, they did the same. They do. They do to him the same thing they've done to Donald Trump. I think they've just been doing it to Rush a little bit longer. They've they've been doing it for all of us. Like Tucker, Ben, they've been doing it to every concert, mainstream conservative, especially people like Kyle Kashuv or something like that. They don't even just do it to conservatives. If you're a, if you're a leftist or um like more central leaning 
and you come out with pretty much just anything that fights the narrative that's pushed by mainstream media and pretty much any academic today that's uh, got a good good sized platform. Right. Um, I think. I think. Yeah, you're pretty someone, much canceled. Yeah. Like I think when it comes to like, he's not afraid to tell the truth, even though the truth might not be sometimes nice to hear. Then they're gonna go after him as a bad guy because of that. Exactly. Exactly. And I think it's also a a good portion of it is also the terms that he used. Like he refused to use the PC terms. And I think people, I think that's enough in 2021. That's enough to get canceled as it is. Right. But you couldn't cancel Rush Limbaugh. That was just impossible to do. I know. It's It's cause he made such a name for himself and created such a big community. He was actually one of the uh, first conservatives to openly support Donald Trump, I think. I think you're right, actually. But, yeah, that, that doesn't surprise me at all. Because, like, when it came to, like, defending Trump when he needs it, like, you heard it in the speech earlier, he doesn't really need to be defended. It's just the people attacking him need to be defended. But it's also good that I was listening to Trump on, I think it was Harris Faulkner's show on Newsmax. Trump wasn't actually friends with Rush until he decided to run for president. And afterwards, that was, like, a deep friendship that they had. He was kind of like a mentor figure for Trump. Rush Limbaugh was. I didn't know that. Oh, that's amazing. I'm 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 glad that that Rush got to Rush and Donald Trump got to have those experiences. Right, cause like when like he's off Twitter, so we couldn't tell his reaction until he was on Newsmax or anything like that. But he seemed genuinely sad about like that his friend passed and. If you, like, see the way the left is reacting to his death, like, remember when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died and you saw Trump's reaction? Like, they didn't have the same reaction Trump did, and none of us really liked Ruth Bader Ginsburg, but we're not going to dance over her grave. Well, I just, I feel like a lot of the, uh, the people with the loudest voices on the left are a little overdramatic in every sense of the word, whether it's good or bad. Right, because if you saw Twitter from a couple days ago, it was like Rush Limbaugh was trending, but also on the bottom it said rest in piss or rest in purgatory. Like, I was doing an article for the RF angle, and I got like a whole thread of like actors just dancing over his grave. Like, this is one from Amber Tamberlin. She tweeted, rip Rush, rotten purgatory. Instead of rest in peace, it's rotten purgatory. Or like, even uh her husband david cross saying cancer killed the cancer and list just goes on and on and it's ridiculous well you know what they say the left can't meme <laughs> good old betty johnson <laughs> yeah or like, or like of all people to cover and if you re- if you really think about it when he changed when he created alternative media people like media matters or even op bunch of opinionated shows on the left would not exist without Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, and I think the honest creators can admit that. They just refuse to admit that because I, they know he's right. It's a respect right. issue. It's a respect issue. Because, like, even if, even if I didn't agree with what he had to say, you can still acknowledge the success that he had as, as a talk radio host and as an entrepreneur who created something from yeah, nothing. I'm, sh- I'm sure there were times where a bunch of us just disagreed on stuff that Rush Limbaugh said. But at the same time, we weren't attacking him for it. I mean, I remember in the past, there were times, especially when I was younger, 
where a lot of stuff Rush said, I just, it didn't agree with the narrative that I was learning in school because I went to very uh, leftist schools my whole life. And it was very, I don't know, like my mom always played both sides. My mom's a ditto head. So it didn't take her much to say, just listen and he'll explain it. And over time, I just, I grew to just listen on a regular basis. And there's a rhythm to it how Rush speaks and how he teaches. And I ended up learning so much that like, I feel like I learned more than I, there than I did in school. I never had civics or government class. Right. So I yeah. had to learn all this politics myself and Rush was a big part of that. Yeah, you know, my jumpstart to this movement was like after the Stoneman Douglas shooting when my school just, uh, the students hosted a walkout after the shooting and yeah, I listened to Rush Limbaugh even before that, but I never told anyone I did. And after that, I started to like, listen to him religiously because I was so new to this movement. I didn't really know what the whole foundational principles of mainstream conservatism was. So I always wanted to know, hey, what did Rush Limbaugh think about this and how can I use that to fight the culture war? Yep. Yep, no, I definitely, I, I remember also uh, waiting, especially Mondays. Mondays were like the best days for Rush. <laughs> my mom, you. too. My mom would tell me, she'd say, I take like a whole afternoon of Monday off. She was actually, she's supposed to come over right after this. And she told me that she's going to be late because she wants to finish listening to Rush. Really? Because they're commemorating him. They just finished commemorating him. Oh, I might have to check that out. I, I doubt it's like the three-hour moment of silence, which would have sounded right to do. No, I think they talked about his life. She said it was really touching. I didn't I didn't listen to it, but she said it was really touching and, like, heartwarming, so. Well, yeah, because I was listening to his show on Monday because when his uh, producer, James Goldblum, said that they were praying for him, I thought this, this wasn't going to end well soon. But, like, I thought he'd be back on... Wednesday, I mean, and I was surprised to hear his wife actually just announce his death. I was on my way to class, and I almost started breaking down in tears when I heard that news. Yeah, it was a really somber day for all of us. Because, I mean, I've only met Rush once, but he just felt like a really close friend to not only me, but a bunch of people when we heard the news. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, definitely many, many people would agree with you as well. He had a big following, and a lot of people really really looked forward and would call in and wait because you had to wait a long time to get on rush it was I remember, well worth it oh yeah of course everyone who got on would say it. and i always loved when he would have uh like high school students on i loved that i'm gonna miss those days or like when he i thought this was well deserved and of course the left freaked out about this when he was awarded the medal of freedom because I honestly thought there, cause like Obama, he just gave that award away willy nilly to people, but there was like no one more deserving to win that than Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, it was really iconic that he won that, and I, it's not, it's, I know it's not surprising how it pissed everyone off. Yeah, well, you know, because like he was a charitable man. I knew it when I like after the whole Betsy Ross thing with Nike and Colin Kaepernick came out. He came out with like T-shirts. So yeah. stand up to mm -hmm. Betsy Ross. All the shirts that you bought would end up going to Wounded Warriors Project. And that was a charity near and dear to my heart. And I was just profoundly happy that he was deciding to give money away for them. 
Yeah, my, my family bought their fair share of those, Betsy Ross. And they had bumper stickers, too, I believe. Oh, he had bumper stickers, too? I believe so. My mom, I think my sister has one. Maybe she got it from somewhere else, but it's a Betsy Ross one. Oh, I missed out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had, he had um, tumblers as well. What are those? Uh, Turvis cups? We have one of those Turvis cups. Like what Daily Wire has, or...? No, I think Daily Wire's ones are metal, right? Yeah, I have one of those somewhere. Yeah. But, like... Yeah, even Daily Wire has, has been, I think it's pretty obvious that they've been impacted by Rush and his show. Yeah, they just actually released a video yesterday of just, like, Michael Knowles, Matt Walsh, Andrew Clavin, and all the others just, like, talk about what impact he's had on their lives. Cause like oh, I'll have ben, to check that out. I haven't seen that one. Because, like, Ben Shapiro said that he only met him a few times, and he'd actually listen to him. Because, like, he was old enough to remember when his show first came on in the 80s. or And, like, this was actually something I didn't know until I listened to his show. He was actually made an honorary member of Congress in 94, uh, 6, something around that area. Rush Limbaugh? Cause, yeah. Cause, I did not know that. What? Because no for, for many decades, the Republicans had no control of the House for, like, probably 20, 30 years. And it's because of the influence, influence of Rush Limbaugh that we have the modern Republican Party. So his influence was really much larger than I thought. Yeah, because I have, I've honest, because even the people that are probably not so mainstream conservative, like Ben Sass or Mitt Romney, they took time to give tribute to Rush because he... Like, the Republican Party, as we see it today, wouldn't have existed without Rush. Like there Oh, yeah, for sure. And I, and I, I think that's why there are even some, uh, like, on the right that don't really like Rush. And I think that really, it really shows their true colors because of how big of an impact he's had in the whole um, party. Right. Like, there was, like, people were upset when, like, Andrew Breitbart died because he was also a figure, but... If, like Andrew Breitbart and Rush Limbaugh were two main figureheads of the conservative movement, but Rush shaped any conservative that you name. He shaped them into be more freedom fighters. Yep, and I think more than making them more into freedom fighters, it more he more than gave them, myself included, the. I don't want to say the words because that's the joke with behind ditto heads, but like the the uh, what cohesiveness, like the cohesive arguments, and he helped people put the pieces together and ask those questions and take it a step farther. Like, okay, but who controls the money given to the collective? Oh, the left for sure. Yes, those questions, the bureaucrats, who holds, who holds the ability to regulate that money. Because, you know, a lot of socialists always say, well, the people are going to own the means of production, but somebody has to operate on behalf of the people. And Rush always took it that extra step. Glenn Beck does this too, but I think it's also because of Rush. Because he would always do that. I mean, I don't want to say he held our hands, but like he kind of did. Because he would also go over things many times and it it just reinforced the critical thinking aspect of politics and of his show. Yeah, he even said on his show one time that it was us, the American people, that made this country so great. And 
you know, from his show, he wasn't afraid to ask the tough questions. Just like, I'm not afraid. Like, he gave me confidence when I launched mm-hmm. the show to ask tough questions to people that needed to be asked. They might have not seemed politically correct, especially right now, but it still has the truth still has to get out there. Yep. No, no, you're completely right. And I think he's also given me confidence as well. And I, I think he's done the same for many other people too. And I know for me, knowing knowing that I thought through the process myself, not knowing that no knowing that I didn't just, you know, adopt these ideas. Like mimic them like parrots, like like the ditto joke. Right. I know that I, he walked me through this thought process and I did the thinking myself and said, wow, that makes sense. And that's why I'm repeating it because it's like a light bulb goes off when he talks about things. And right. it's it's so inspiring to me. Right. You know, like, like you said, they didn't come from nowhere. Like, we're pretty young people, but yet again, we still listen to Rush just because he would train the next generation of Run. And I feel like Run Gen Z is going to be a, a good pace to fight this culture war thanks to Rush Limbaugh's legacy. Yes, yes. And I'm sh- and I'm sure that we'll possibly car- that we will most likely carry the torch in his honor. But we'll have to cuz the generations that follow us will be at a loss without that information and, and that that torch, I guess. That next generation is going to miss out on so much. It'll be They're going to miss out on Rush. They're going to miss out on Rush. It'll be fun telling stories in next generation about what impact Rush Limbaugh had on all of our lives. Well, that and sharing the clips. I hope that they don't just nuke all the clips. Demonetize all that stuff. Yeah, I hope that they still keep that going because a lot of that information is still going to be applicable in 10 years, I think. Because he covered a lot of history, too. Right. He covered a ton of history, and I, I appreciate, always appreciated that because I didn't really have a good history education growing up. Yeah, you know, but like... What you see from, like, the mainstream media, like, this is from CNBC, where on their story it said Rush Limbaugh was the self-proclaimed doctor of democracy who led the conservative media revolution by bashing feminazis, environmentalist wackos, commie libs, and prominent black people, especially former President Barack Obama. But, like, when you read the headers like that, that should wake people up, be like, this is not right on a moral level, like, you shouldn't dance over a man's grave just because you hate his politics. And... Like, because, like, when we die, God forbid, anytime soon, like, they're going to probably say the same exact stuff about us. We'll probably not be as famous as Rush Limbaugh, but people will undoubtedly say we're horrible, bigoted people. Yeah, but I think people need to stop holding so much weight to what others say. Right, you have to judge for yourself, and that's why cancel culture is such a big trend right now, because it's not enough to just let someone's words impact others and let others decide whether what that impact is. You have to cancel them so they can't even get an opportunity to hear. Right. And I went to this conference a few weeks ago and like you said, cancel culture, I firmly believe this too. Cancel culture is not going to stay around forever. Cause like it can't cause like when people in Poland, they thought communism would stay there forever it was gone within 50 years in the church there. And this is like a super Catholic country. It's stronger than ever before. So it'll end as long as we fight back, I think. And Rush gave us that little oomph for us to fight back. Yes. No, I completely agree. Like, like yeah, he had a fire about him. That's, that's what I was saying earlier. He, I think 
he did have a fire about him and it was very clear when you listen to his show that the people that support him also had that fire and i think even the people that hated him kind of did too because they would come on there and they'd sometimes get really mad <laughs> they'd at least try some of them did to have a civil discussion well, in order for the, him to really let them on, I think they had to have at least been a little bit willing to have a conversation. Otherwise, it would be a waste of air because it, it was so hard to get on Rush. Right, and I've even tried calling in on his show multiple times. I didn't get on, unfortunately, because <laughs> they had so much people call that day. But that moment from Student Action Summit 2019 will always be something close to my heart. Uh, I wish I could have seen it. I, was that that was from this past student action summit, right? Uh, before COVID, yeah. Oh, before COVID, yeah. And I went before, to the one. And... Hmm? Sorry. I went to the one this past year during COVID, and I heard that it wasn't the same. Yeah, it wasn't. It, I mean, the CDC tried to shut us down. I didn't make it in the first night because one, my flight got in late, and the mayor of West Palm Beach changed the guidelines for social distancing and capacity. Yep. That's that's what I thought happened. I ended up just going home early because I said this is not like they're clearly getting sabotaged. But like because it it was almost impossible to even get in. Only the people with VIP tickets really got in. Yeah, that it wasn't fun that day. But like when he spoke, like this was I didn't know. It was hard to believe like probably like a month or two later that he'd announced that he had lung cancer. And that almost felt just as bad as hearing the fact that he's dead now because you just know that when he said that that's when the attacks are going to start coming in because like if you remember when herman kane died recently like they just lambasted all about him and i just knew this is what the tread was going to be for the next few years and this just had to stop yeah i they've done they've done that with a few other notable conservatives as well haven't they who is the other one there was someone else who just recently died. They basically roasted him. Was it Ravi Zacharias or something like that? Oh, uh, well, the Ravi Zacharias scandal, I think, was something different. Um, I'm probably I'm probably thinking of someone else. I just can't remember their name. It's all right. How long ago was it? I feel like it was earlier this year. Or last year. Earlier last year. I keep forgetting it's 2021. Earlier in 2020. Might have to take a look on that. Well. Yeah. Anyway, that's it for today's episode. We'll be sure in future episodes to dedicate more of our shows to Rush Limbaugh. Maria, I want to thank you for mm -hmm. taking the time to come on this show today. And thank you Thanks for, for having me. Oh, absolutely. Feel free to come back on anytime. And if you like this episode, be, feel free to give us those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Your support really helps us. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you, Rush Limbaugh. Mm-hmm.